الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل يا عبادي الذين اسرفوا على انفسهم لا تقنطوا من رحمه الله ان الله يغفر الذنوب جميعا انه هو العزيز الحكيم وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم التائب من الذنب كما لا ذنب له او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم most respected brothers and elders mothers and sisters tomorrow night is a very auspicious night here in south africa tomorrow is the 15th of shaaban from the time of maghrib salah the night of the 15th of shaaban commences commences and the great virtues and great blessings that are contained in this night begin to descend so generally the situation is that on the night that is an auspicious night there is a program in the masjid generally and people gather to hear about the to hear about the virtues of that night those at home who have access to some way of listening to the discussion in the masjid will be listening in so often this is the manner in which things happen what unfortunately happens thereafter is many a person a person a person regards the attending of a program on that night as the ibadat of that night which thereafter nothing further is really needed to be done it is as if we have done our duty with regards to observing the importance of that night whereas that program that takes place in the masajid is not a requirement of that night as part of the ibadat of that night that there must be a talk in the masjid that is merely done as a form of reminder in order to keep us reminded of what the importance of that occasion is and so that we may return and do something but unfortunately many a times that becomes regarded as the be all and end all of that night not everybody does this alhamdulillah many people then return and they get involved in the amal they get involved in dua in truly trying to acquire the blessings of that mubarak occasion but many a person just takes it for granted well i've done my duty i attended one program in the masjid and i am done now whereas it's not done whereas it's not done that's only beginning and that was not a prerequisite or anything fundamentally required it was in order to merely conscientize us to prepare us to motivate us to now go and involve ourselves and engage ourselves in some ibadat in begging allah taala's forgiveness so in any case this year we find ourselves in a very unique situation where we are 
locked down into our homes, into our environments. Most people don't have access to a masjid. So under these circumstances, on the one hand, we might not even access any place where we will get motivated about the occasion unless we have listened to something beforehand, some recording, or read up some literature, which we should do. We should read up, mashallah, many articles that have been published and have been circulated by email, by various other media, from various organizations, explaining the importance of this great occasion. So we should read up that, should acquaint ourselves, and should become conscious of what a great opportunity, what a great occasion is now ahead of us. But this time, since we are in this unique situation in terms of our own day-to-day lives and our situation in our country, it was felt that we should, in fact, discuss this, discuss this, discuss this one day ahead. Because the purpose is to revise the lesson. The purpose is not just a customary talk that, well, it's an occasion, it's a big night, so people must gather and there must be a talk and it becomes a customary practice. That is not the purpose and object, just a customary practice. It is meant to be a revision. So instead of revising it just on that night, it was felt rather revise it one night before. And one of the reasons for this is that already 24 hours in advance, or a little lesser than 24 hours left now, we start becoming mentally prepared for this very great occasion that awaits us. Sometimes a person waited for that night to come. He knew it's a great night coming. And then thereafter, he continued with his day-to-day life without any change. The night finally arrived, Maghrib Salah, came in, so the night commenced, but he still was very casual, very uh, unconcerned in a way. Then the Isha Salah came, then maybe he attended a program in the masjid, and now he heard something about the greatness of this night. He heard about something about what becomes the barrier from receiving the blessings of this night. Now he starts scratching his head that, okay, I should do something, or maybe I should make amends Maybe, now some, mashallah, they act on the spot and they will get into the action and do something, do what is necessary. And some will get left scratching their head until they fall asleep. And by the next morning, it's already now the end of that Mubarak night. So, that preparation, that mental preparation, nothing happened. And by the time the person, something struck the conscience when they heard some importance of the night, they heard of the night, they heard that revision, but by the time they got into action, the, time they got into action, the, night, the night was over. So instead of waiting for that moment when the night is already over and now we over and now we think about it that well, that well, it's already gone, rather 24 hours in advance to try and now conscientize ourselves and prepare ourselves. Prepare ourselves for what? prepare ourselves for how we are going to conduct ourselves on this very great occasion and that too under the circumstances that we find ourselves in, that the whole world finds itself in. So one is that if a person is 
in a very uh, comfortable situation. Everything is sound. There's no difficulty. There's no hardship. And now in that kind of situation, somebody is offering him something. Something to eat, something to drink, some comfort. And he pays no attention to it. So it will be regarded as a as a bad thing to do, if somebody is offering something and he's paying no attention, doesn't matter that he has everything apparently there for him, he's in a state of comfort and luxury, but somebody is offering something, then he should pay attention, he should accept. But the other is a person who's down and out, a person who is starving, a person who is hungry, a person who is in a very pitiable condition, and now the help is being offered to him, assistance is now available and he's showing total indifference. That is like a major crime now. now. This is a very high level of indifference. Likewise, we have to understand our current situation. One is there's a, manner, there's a situation of peace, of tranquility, of prosperity. Everything is in its place. There's no issues. Then too, it required that a great occasion like this comes a person should turn wholeheartedly to Allah Ta'ala. Because after all, those bounties and ni'mats that the person is enjoying, that too is Allah Ta'ala's blessing. So even in that condition, it required that the person really focuses himself, really latches on to this great occasion. But then the other situation is what we find ourselves currently in, that we are in a situation of difficulty, of hardship, of desperation, we might think of, of ourselves as individuals, that well, I am full, my belly is full, I ate, I had a good supper, there were so many luxuries also that I ate, I'm still living in comfort, I still have no issues, okay, maybe I didn't go to my business, I didn't go to my job, to my work, to my profession, profession whatever else, but the freezers are full, the fridge is loaded, the cupboards are all overflowing, we stockpiled enough, and, uh, well, it's just a little bit of a different situation now. And yes, the business hasn't produced anything this month or this few weeks, one, two weeks now. And that is a bit of a concern for some of us. And others may be, well, okay, we will have to dip into our savings for one month. And it seems like that's it. But have we considered ourselves as an ummah? We are not to be thinking about ourselves as individuals alone. That's me, myself and I. We are already a crowd. Me, myself and I, there is no place for anybody else now. And then if you just add me, myself and I and my family. But now then there is no place at all. It's overcrowded. No, no. We are, no, no. We are beyond that. We are not just me, myself and I and my family. We are an ummad. We are part of an ummad. And we are that ummad who Rasulullah sallallahu made. We are part of that ummad. We are part of that body which Rasulullah cried for, that he made so much of effort for. So we cannot become aloof to the situation of the Ummat at large. Al Mu'minuna ka jasadin wahid, inishtaka ainuhu ishtaka kullu, wa inishtaka rasuhu ishtaka kullu. Rasulullah says that the believers are like one body. Not that everything is all just me, myself, and I. No, the whole ummah is like one body. And if the eye pains, then the whole body pains with it. If the 
head pains, the whole body pains with it. It's not that the head is paining, so the rest of the body says, you worry about yourself, we're enjoying ourselves. No, nobody else can enjoy themselves in that whole body. The eye is paining, so the mouth says, the eye, you can carry on paining, but I'm going to enjoy the luxurious food. The tongue says, I'm not interested in your pain, I'm going to enjoy the luxurious food. So the tongue just cannot enjoy anything. If that eye is paining, the tongue says that I got, I got no taste left. So the taste of the tongue went away because of the pain of the eye, because of the pain of the stomach, because of the pain of the head. So the whole body works in unison. It works as one whole. It's not that this limb is in any way separate from that. That the leg does its own job, so it's got nothing to do with the hand. No, everything is interrelated and connected. So likewise, the whole ummah, we've got to look at the ummah as a complete unit. And we are part of that. We are one small lump in that whole ummah. So, how much of pain is there in the ummah? How much of suffering is there in the ummah? How much of difficulties are there? Can we be indifferent to this? Can we just be turning a blind eye and not even making dua for the suffering people of the ummah? That the whole day goes past, we haven't made dua once for those who are suffering in the ummah. Those are in hardships and difficulties, whoever it might be, whichever part of the world it might be. So, now we find ourselves in this kind of condition, this kind of circumstances, where the Ummah is in these desperate conditions, desperate conditions, and then such a great occasion comes up, such an occasion where Allah Ta'ala's vision, where Allah Ta'ala's innumerable bounties and blessings are being showered down, put down, His forgiveness is being showered, and then in this situation also a person is indifferent, the person is paying no attention, heedless, in ghaflat. And this is far worse. Even in that situation of peace, of prosperity, of uh, everything found, even in that situation the requirement was to turn wholeheartedly to this occasion. And now in a situation of adversity, in a situation of difficulty, in a situation where the person is down and out and now he's being offered a helping hand, he says, I don't want it. That is a very, very serious indifference. So we cannot afford, we cannot afford to be indifferent on this occasion. We can never afford it at any time. But more than ever before, we cannot afford to be indifferent to such a great occasion in this kind of circumstances that we find ourselves in. So this is a very, very great opportunity also to turn the tide, the tide, the tide. This is an opportunity to turn the tide, not just for ourselves, to contribute towards turning the tide for the entire ummah. That at the moment everything is going in a very, very steep decline. In terms of deen, what a decline. That deen is now... Illa, mashallah, by and large, just left in name. There's a name of Islam, the name of deen, that is the, the theory of deen in abundance. There's a lot of talk of deen, there's a lot of literature about deen, but the reality of deen, that is by and large missing, of very, of very, very little. The reality of what is iman, what is yaqeen, what is tawakkul, what is taqwa, what is haya, what is simplicity, what is compassion and kin and kindness, 
all the values that deen has taught us, this has become more or less just words. And the reality of it has left us. Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with iman out of His grace and mercy. But the values of iman are so low that it is now more or less just in name, just in name. And there are things that are just, have become customary. That salah is so lifeless. And in that salah, the whole in that salah, the whole world is in our heart and mind. And those tasbihat and tilawat and zikr and dua and all the things that we are supposed to be engaging ourselves in, all that is lifeless, just a customary practice. Alhamdulillah, that too is Allah Taala's tawfiq, Allah Taala's fazl and karam that those uh, deeds continue. We should never ever regard that as trivial as minor, that too is very great, that too is very great, we should continue with it, but keep making an effort to improve it, and to bring the life into it, so coming back to the discussion, that under the circumstances that we find ourselves in, even in these, even in these circumstances to be indifferent, to be heedless, not to pay attention, to allow the time to get wild away, to be just casual about things, not to program ourselves, not to try to maximize the benefit of that night, then this is indeed a very, very great injustice upon ourselves and an injustice to the ummah at large. And it shows a very great amount of indifference to Allah Ta'ala. So therefore, we have to plan ourselves that we have this occasion right at our doorstep. How am I going to conduct myself for that night that Allah Ta'ala is now offering and how am I going to plan myself, program myself, so that the maximum benefit can be acquired? So to start off with, just to revise that what is this night all about, in terms of its virtue, what is the virtue of this night? So in one hadith sharif, Rasulullah mentioned the virtue of this night. This is a hadith that has Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he reports, uh, one, one hadith is where Aisha radiallahu reports and she says that Rasulullah sallallahu he mentioned on one occasion that Allah Ta'ala shows his special mercies and special attention on the lowest heaven on the 15th night of Sha'ban. So the special mercies of Allah Ta'ala and his special attention is, his special attention is, his special attention is descend, descended on the lowest heaven meaning closest to dunya. And, and thereafter Allah Ta'ala forgives more people than the number of hay on the sheep of Bani Kalb. Bani Kalb was the name of a tribe and this, the tribe of Kalb, the people of Kalb, so they had a very huge amount of sheep, more than anybody else. Now one sheep, one goat, how much of hay on that goat and a whole herd of goats and this was probably running in, in maybe thousands, because they had more than anybody else. So more than all those hair on the goats, goats, on the backs of those goats, Allah Ta'ala forgives so many people. Then in the Hadith Sharif that Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala who related, where Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa says, that from the time the sun sets, and it is now the 15th of Sha'ban, so now this is already that one very important lesson to bear in mind that the virtue of this night doesn't start off after a bayan, after Isha in the masjid. Talking on a general note, when often we attend a bayan in the masjid, 
and after the bayan now we feel that the night or the occasion has commenced. No. It starts off from the moment that that night sets in. It's sunset and the night has commenced. So that virtue of that night has commenced. So already the night has commenced. So the Bismillah says that Allah Ta'ala's special mercies descend from the time that the night sets in, from the time it is sunset. And then Allah Ta'ala proclaims from that time. Allah Ta'ala proclaims. Is there anybody seeking forgiveness that I may forgive him? That I may forgive him? Now how desperately in need we are of this forgiveness. forgiveness. All the sins that we find, all the, the difficulties that we find ourselves in is due to our sins. And therefore we are desperately in need of this forgiveness to get our sins forgiven. So we are extremely in need of this forgiveness. Now Allah Ta'ala Himself is calling, Alamin Mustaghfirin Fa'akhfir Allah. Is there anybody, is there no one that asking for forgiveness so that I may forgive him? It is after all these sins that has created all the difficulties and hardships in our lives. And one is sin. Allah Ta'ala forbid Allah protect us. We are involved in sin upon sin. And just not sin upon sin. What is worse than sin? What can be worse than sin? Worse than sin is blatant sinning, open sinning, and advertising sin. On Hadith Sharif, Rasulullah said, "Kullu ummati mu'afan illa al-mujahirin." Every one of my ummah will be given afiyat, they'll be given safety, meaning that if they end up committing some wrong by mistake too, inshallah, they'll make toba. Allah will forgive them. But illa al-mujahirin, illa al-mujahirin, jahr comes from jahr, something open. Illa al-mujahirin, except the open sinners, those who advertise their sin. Thereafter, the Sahaba asked who are these mujahirin. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam explained that the person who, in the darkness of the night or in some secrecy, some privacy, he committed some wrong. But then he, and Allah Ta'ala out of His grace even concealed it. But then he comes out and he starts openly advertising it, discussing it, mentioning it. So he tears the veil that Allah Ta'ala had put over him. Now in other words, this is the height of indifference. And we sometimes talk about children or even adults or somebody. We say that person's got a real attitude problem. This person has got a real attitude problem. Very arrogant. That he did the wrong and then on top of that he is even saying that who is going to do anything about it. The height of arrogance. And he's got a real attitude problem. Have we looked deep down into ourselves and checked whether we too have a very serious attitude problem. Attitude na'uzubillah against Allah Ta'ala. Against the commands of Allah Ta'ala. And what kind of arrogance we sometimes show. That number one, Allah Ta'ala has forbidden something, we involve ourselves in that wrong, and then go about even advertising it in this era of social media, then that is videoed, it is photographed, and, and then it is preserved, in big inverted commas, preserved, for the whole world to now be witness to our sin. There's a wedding taking place, now the kind of sins and vices that take place, the intermingling that's taking place, 
Allah forbid, nowadays there's all kinds of further vices, dancing happening, and music that is blaring there, and what not happens, and all that is now videoed, so that even the great-grandchildren who are not yet born, they too must witness the sins of their great-grandparents who are already in the grave. They too someday will switch that on, and they will witness the sin of their great-grandparents who are now gone to the grave. Now, if this is not blatant sinning, if this is not advertising sin, then what else is left? What else can be called advertising sin? And then there's pride over it. People do things which are totally shameless. Shameless is not the word. People are involving themselves in sporting as in sporting events, and in a state of, we can call it only nakedness, undress, what kind of dress, and then posing for photographs with people, with non-mahrams, and then that's being splashed all over the social media proudly, very proudly. This is that height of attitude against Allah Ta'ala. This is, what an arrogance this is. And just no, nobody takes a second, meaning doesn't even cross the mind that what is going on, illa mashallah, who Allah Ta'ala blesses with some tawfiq, this is just one part of it, so many things of this nature, this is just one example, how many things people do, and then on top of that take pictures of themselves in that wrong, and then want to become heroes in big inverted commas about it. This is inviting the wrath of Allah Ta'ala, this is what has invited the wrath of Allah Ta'ala, which everybody then suffers that difficulty. So we are desperately in need of this forgiveness, and in this time, Allah Ta'ala Himself is proclaiming, Alamin Mustaghfirin Ta'akhfir Allah. So now it is a time to sincerely make Tawbah from all these sins. And part of that sin is that we must, we must get out of that sin. So now if we have made some videos of these kind of things, we have recorded these kind of things, to go and delete it, to go and destroy it, not to leave any sign of it. If a person has done some serious crime, and now he is going to be in trouble. He goes and deletes everything. He wants to leave no sign of it, no trace of it, before the law catches up with him. But that law, that law, Allah knows best, the worldly law, whether they'll even catch up with anybody. But Allah Ta'ala is caught, nobody can escape. Allah Ta'ala is all-seeing, all-knowing. So now this is an occasion to really draw down that maghfirat. Allah Ta'ala himself is asking, Alamin mustaghfirin fa'akhfir Allah. Alamin mustarzqin fa'arzuqah. Is there anybody seeking risk? And I grant him his risk. Now, especially in this situation that we are in, there is so much of uh, difficulties and hardships. People are in such concern about their businesses, about their jobs, that whether they will even have a job after this situation. People are concerned about their livelihoods. There is so much of unease. There is so much of restlessness. And here Allah Ta'ala Himself is asking that I am the one who gives risk. Allah alone is ar-razzaq. Rizq doesn't come from anywhere but from Allah Ta'ala. That yaqeen must be deep down in our hearts. We'll adopt the means, we'll adopt those means which are purely within the limits of shariat. And that too on the order of Allah Ta'ala, that Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, that talabu kasbil halali faridatum ba'd al-faridah. To earn a halal living is an obligation after the other obligations of deen. So without compromising salah, 
without compromising fasting, zakat, the other commands of Allah Ta'ala, we will make an effort to earn a halal living. But that rizq does not come from that avenue. That rizq does not come from that shop, from that profession, from that job. Rizq comes from Allah Ta'ala alone. That yaqeen must be deep down in our hearts. Allah Ta'ala wills that business, that job, that profession will become the means for it. Allah Ta'ala does not will it, nothing will be produced out of it. It will run at a loss. Allah Ta'ala wills then from nowhere also that this will come. So Allah Ta'ala himself is proclaiming, Allah min mustarziqin fa'arzuqa. Is there anybody seeking risk? I may grant him his risk. Allah mubtalan fa'u'afiyah. Is there anyone in a difficulty so that I may relieve him of the difficulty? Allah Ta'ala himself is proclaiming. And who doesn't have a difficulty today? Which person can say, I am totally free of any difficulty? Every person has some issue, has some issue or the other. And here Allah Ta'ala, out of His grace and mercy, He is extending this offer, that if there is anybody in a difficulty, ask me now. Turn to me. I will remove that difficulty. So, in any case, this is a very great occasion, where Allah Ta'ala forgives so many souls. Allah Ta'ala Himself proclaims, from uh, the beginning of that night, that is there anybody seeking forgiveness, anybody seeking risk, anybody seeking relief from a problem, to beg of me, I will grant it. Now Allah Ta'ala Himself is calling, and we are not there to avail ourselves. This is an opportunity. In one hadith, Rasulullah says, إِنَّ لِرَبِّكُمْ نَفَحَاتٌ فِي الْأَرُضِ فَتَعَرَّدُوا لَهَا That they are the golden opportunities of acceptance that come from the side of Allah Ta'ala from time to time. They are those rays of the mercy of Allah Ta'ala. They are those moments of, as we call them, the special moments. So you be available to take the benefits. Avail yourself for that. Now, one is that every day perhaps there is some time or the other which is a special moment, but we have no idea when it came, when it went. Now the person who was engaged in some good at that time, some amal at that time, he really, as we say, cashed in. But here, this occasion has been spelt out. There's no secret about it. One is those moments that come on the average day, on generally any other day. It will be a very special moment that will come, but it will come and go. We won't know when it came and when it went. If we were availing ourselves at that moment, we really were very fortunate. But here, it is an open secret. Allah Ta'ala opened it out for us. That look, from the beginning of the night to the end of the night, this is a very, very special night. So now don't waste the time. Don't engage yourselves in trivial things, in, in, in futile things. So prepare yourself for this night. This is what the message is. Allah Ta'ala is giving us this opportunity, and it is being spelt out beforehand, that prepare yourself. Now, one of the important aspects, one is this virtue of this night, but the very important point to think about and consider, that tomorrow is the 15th of Shaban, from the night commences 15th of Shaban. So, after the 15th of Shaban is over, there is barely half a month, 15 days, or perhaps even 14 days, to Ramadan. And Ramadan itself, we cannot imagine the, great, the greatness of Ramadan, how great that Mubarak month is. Now, these great occasions, very, very auspicious occasions, they are 
a few of them for the whole year, besides the month of Ramadan is a full month, but then it is Laylatul Bara'a, is the day of Ashura, and then days of Zul Hijjah, yeah, these few occasions, it's not so many days and so many occasions that every month there's a very special occasion like the kind of occasion we have in the 15th of Shaban in Laylatul Qadr. It doesn't come every month. There are few occasions in few of the months. Zul Hijjah, mashallah, is a very, very auspicious time, the first 10 days especially. Then the 10th of Muharram, 9th and 10th, and then this Laylatul Bara'a, the month of Ramadan, this is generally it. Then obviously every week the night of Juma has its own significance. But this is now on a very special level. Now something that's so special, and the month of Ramadan is right here on the doorstep, and there's just a handful of these very, very special occasions in the year. So why is this so close? It could have been maybe six months away. So now as we will say, balancing it out. Now this is right here at the doorstep of Ramadan. Ramadan is now round the corner. We already got it like, we've got a very, very uh, busy occasion coming now, the December month. And now there's another one just in November. So now it's so close now, I say, rather should have, you mean, had it a few months before that, so we'll cover up for the... So here this is 15 days before. One thing that becomes, which appears to be the case, and Allah Ta'ala himself knows his hikmat best, but it appears Allah Ta'ala is giving us an opportunity to clean out ourselves. That look, the month of Ramadan is coming. There's so much to be taken there. There's so much to be received. But when a person wants to pour something into a glass, now he's got Zamzam, the most valuable drink that can ever be had. No drink of the world can come even a fraction in comparison to Zamzam. So Zamzam is such a great valuable drink. Now somebody is offering him Zamzam. It is a different matter than unfortunately because now in many cases we have abundance of Zamzam then the value of that decreases in our minds, in our hearts, in how we deal with it. It's no more given that very high respect and honor and that very great appreciation where every minute drop of it is appreciated and not a fraction of it is allowed to go to waste. So nevertheless, the person now wants to pour that zamzam in a glass, what's the first thing he does? He looks into it. If he cannot, if it's not a clear glass, he can't see from the outside, he look into it. Is it clean? And if he finds it dirty, he's not going to pour that zamzam in it. Let alone zamzam, which is the most valuable drink, he won't even pour plain water in it. Because it's dirty, how are you going to pour the water in it? Plain water he won't pour. Zamzam, zamzam is far beyond. So the first thing will be necessary is to clean the glass out. Or the person who wanted the zamzam, he said, no, I can't pour it in this glass. You go clean it and come. So now he cleans the glass and comes out. He says, yes, now I can pour for you. Otherwise you're showing no appreciation for this. Allah Ta'ala also wants us to clean our hearts out. Clean ourselves out. Because there's so much to pour. And so much for us to take. Are we ready for it? Do we want to take it? If we want to take it, we will have to clean ourselves out. So now this, right at the doorstep of Ramadan, is a cleaning opportunity. Don't waste this opportunity, clean yourselves. And now start focusing towards Ramadan in full go. So that by the time the Mubarak month of Ramadan comes, a person is fully prepared for it, 
Whereas the preparation should have started from the time Rajab came in. Rasulullah sallallahu used to make dua. Allahumma barik lana fi Rajab wa Sha'ban wa baldighna Ramadan. From the time the moon of Rajab was sighted, he would make this dua. Upon sighting the moon, he would make this dua. Two months in advance. So now that two months in advance, that dua is being made, this is a preparation for Ramadan. Now we got nevertheless this 15 days. So we have to be now in full preparation. Allah Ta'ala is giving us this great occasion for this preparation. That now we prepare ourselves for Ramadan. And part of this preparation is this cleansing of ourselves, cleansing of our hearts, cleansing of our minds, cleansing of ourselves. By, by making sincere tawbah, now we heard about the virtue, Allah Ta'ala frees so many people from the fire of Jahannam, more than the number of hair on the goats of the tribe of Bani Kalb, so now it gives us a motivation to make sincere tawbah and also be included in this group of those who will be freed from the fire of Jahannam. So, this is an important moment that now we need to prepare ourselves how we are going to now take the maximum of this night. So on the one side, there are things to do and the other side, there are things to make amends for. In order to understand this in terms of things to clean ourselves out first, because we're going to pour afterwards, first we're going to clean ourselves out. So in order to understand what this is all about, we have to look into the ahadith of Rasulullah regarding this very great occasion. And on the one side, where this has been mentioned that such great numbers of people are forgiven on this night, at the same time, it is also mentioned that there are certain categories of people that are deprived of the mercy of this night. Now imagine if somebody says that on the 15th of Shaban, we will be uh, knocking on the doors of every house and we will be leaving one bar of gold on the doorstep or the gate. One bar of gold at the gate. But anybody who has done any of these aspects now, half a dozen things are being mentioned, anybody who is involved in any of these things, you will not get that bar of gold. So that bar of gold is available, will be dished out to every house, to every person, but if anybody in that house or any person is not fulfilling these criteria, is involved in some of these things, sorry, you're not going to get it. Now, forget one bar of gold, one bar of gold is a very, very uh, big amount, one small fraction of that bar of gold, one Kruger and that too is too much for us. We will say, no, definitely I'm sorting it out now. I'm not going to be delaying one bit more. Now for that little dunya, we'll be ready to do whatever it takes to get that dunya. Whereas that bar of gold, if we got it in our hands and few minutes later our eyes closed, our death came, what is that bar of gold going to help us? Maybe somebody else might make some use of it. Allah knows best whether they'll make use of it or abuse it. Whether it will be a good for them or it will be a disaster for them. But that bar of gold can benefit us, may not benefit us. It may become a disaster for us. It might actually bring a problem for us. Allah knows. We don't know. But if we dedicate ourselves to gaining the virtues of this Mubarak night, then it will take us to great heights. It will bring us great benefit in dunya also. The birth that will come. And what is in akhirat is beyond our imagination. 
So now the hadith describes certain categories of people that are deprived of the blessings of this night. So we need to understand this very carefully and make sure we don't fall into any of these categories. And Allah forbid if we find that we are somewhere there in any one of them or partly in any one of them, what is necessary is not even to wait for tomorrow night. From now, from tonight, we make sincere toba. We start making amends so that before tomorrow, our glass is clean. We can start receiving the blessings from the first moment. So now from beforehand, we start cleaning our hearts out. Start sorting ourselves out so that we can take the maximum. So, in terms of the people that are deprived of the benefits and the greatness of this night, among them in one hadith sharif, Rasulullah has explained that this is the 15th night of Shaban. Then Nabi Salaam says that Allah Ta'ala has, Allah Ta'ala frees so many people like the more than the, according to the number of the hair of the, on the goats of the Bani Kalb. But then Nabi Salaam says, لَا يَنْزُرُ اللَّهُ فِيهَا إِلَىٰ مُشْرِكٍ Allah Ta'ala does not shower His mercy upon a mushrik, upon an idolater, upon somebody who commits shirk and ascribes partners with Allah Ta'ala. One is somebody is bowing to a cow, to a tree, to something else, inanimate. Obviously, that's the highest level of shirk. But then sometimes there is a lower form of shirk also. Doing things for name and fame. Doing things for, pray, for the praises of people. Some ibadat, some good action. But doing it not for Allah Ta'ala. Doing it for people's name and fame, riya, ostentation. This has been termed as a kind of shirk. So now we have to make sincere toba from that. Ya Allah grant me complete ikhlas and sincerity in everything. Then sometimes, though that's not what our intention is, but we give things in our life such a position as if that is na'uzubillah, a rival to Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala's command is now it's salah time, and we say no, it's business time now. Allah Ta'ala is saying it's salah time, we say no, it's sports time now. Allah Ta'ala is saying it's salah time, na'uzubillah, summa na'uzubillah, we are saying, no, na'uzubillah is movie time now. Allah Ta'ala is saying it's salah time, we say, no, it's gym time. I can't mix it up now, this is my gym time, the salah can come some other time. Allah Ta'ala is saying it's time for salah with jama'ah, this is the time in the masjid, say, no, I got my own things to do now. I'll come to Allah Ta'ala when I want to, not when Allah Ta'ala calls me. So the mu'azzin is saying, hayya ala salah, hayya ala al-falah. We are saying to Allah Ta'ala, no, no, not now. I'll come when I want to come. You, your Muslim can keep calling now, but that's not my time. I will come when I want to come. Na'uzubillah, summa na'uzubillah. Now, that is not, we won't call it shirk, but in a way we have now put that business, that sports, that gym, that profession, that uh, whatever other, and Allah forbid haram things, we've na'uzubillah put it in opposition to Allah Ta'ala. So this is also a very dangerous situation. So now we need to make toba from that. We need to sincerely repent and say, Allah, when you call me, I'm there. And before you call me, I'm going to be there, inshallah. Not that only when you call me, I'm there. I know when the call is going to come. I'll be there, inshallah, before the call also. So now, to start planning our minds and hearts for this, that now I'm going to make toba from the past. And I'm going to cleanse all this out of my life. I'm going to come to Allah Ta'ala in entirety. I'm not going to have any, any iota of shirk, of any kind of shirk 
inshallah making tawbah from all these things. So the first person, illa li mushrikin. Like that is all the other kinds of things that lurk in our hearts, which are not in accordance to the correct aqidah. Sometimes there are things which are bordering on shirk. Sometimes there are things which become almost like clear shirk. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. There isn't time to go into these details now. But the first category of people that are deprived of the mercy of this night are those who involve themselves in shirk. Then the second person, the second category of people, Nabi Islam says, Wala ila mushahinin. And Allah Ta'ala does not show his mercies and does not show his, show his forgiveness upon those who harbor malice. Now we want to clean that glass before pouring even plain water. But now we want to keep a dirty heart and expect Allah Ta'ala's mercies to descend into it. So this mushahin, the person who harbors malice, ill feelings towards others, he's got dirt in his heart for others, wishing ill for them, hoping something goes wrong, hoping there's a disaster in their life, hoping that something's backfire, something the person is trying to do that must not work out for him. And be wishing ill for them. There's jealousy. There's all kinds of filth in the heart about others. Allah Ta'ala does not like such a thing. Allah Ta'ala does not pour His mercy into this kind of dirty vessel. So now this is an occasion to make amends. To clean our hearts out. And the very simple way is to start making dua for all the people we find there's some dirt in our heart for them. Number one, make dua for them. Give some sadaqah on their behalf. Recite some Quran and convey the sawab to them. One time, Surah Yasin at least. And convey the sawab to them. And make a lot of dua for them. So when we will do these things, inshallah, this will clean the heart out. And if there's something to ask for forgiveness from somebody, do it. For that one bar of gold, we'll do it. For the half bar of gold, we'll do it too. And for one chip of that bar of gold, we'll do it too. This is for the akhirat and for all the barakat of dunya that will come also inshallah. So what, it's often just the ego that comes in the way. But now how I am going to humble myself in, someone, in front of somebody else. Whereas Rasulullah says, Man tawada alillah rafa'ahullah. That the one who humbles himself for Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala elevates him. So there's no loss here, there's only gain. We will not lose anything. When a person forgives others, Allah Ta'ala increases his honor and respect. Our mind tells us the opposite. But we have to believe in what Rasulullah told us. And this is something to even do and experience. So, the person who harbors malice, in one hadith sharif it is mentioned, where Rasulullah says, that tuftahu abwaabul jannati yawm al-ithnayn wa yawm al-khamis. Every Monday, and every Thursday, the doors of Jannah are opened out. And then Allah Ta'ala forgives everyone, except the person who commits shirk. Everyone who does not commit shirk, anyone who is not a mushrik, kafir, Allah Ta'ala forgives them. But, the person who has any kind of malice between himself and somebody else, Allah Ta'ala says, Anziru hatta yastaliha. Leave these two people aside, until they mend their relationship. Now, at the moment they are, on opposite ends, so just leave them aside until they sort their lives out, until they come to some uh, situation where they now undo this, they come to a mending of that relationship. So leave them, they're not going to get the forgiveness. 
Now, can we imagine such a great occasion like the 15th of Shaban? Now, we need to just clean our hearts out, leave all the other issues aside, and yes, whatever needs to be addressed, something, there might be some claim we might have against somebody, whatever the matter is, then we can, we all, by all means, have the right to claim something that is legally ours, in terms of Shariat, meaning, then there is a way about it, we go in the correct manner, and we go about asking for what is our due in the right manner, but let us clean our hearts out, let us not harbor this malice, there are so many incidents, that where there was even wars, but there was no malice, it might sound like an impossibility, but just to mention one incident, even in, on one occasion there was a war, there was a battle, and on both sides there were some Sahaba. Now each one understood the haq to be a particular point, and they were prepared to give their life for it. But that's another whole detailed discussion. But there was one Sahabi who was on one side, meaning he was supporting side A, he was part of side A, but when it used to be meal times, he would go and join the army of the other side, on side B. So now he is supporting side A, but when the time comes for eating, he would cross the lines and go and join side B. Now, they found this very strange, this person. So somebody asked him, what's your problem? Maybe they didn't use that word, but how we will say it, that how come you're doing this? You are supporting us, but you go to eat there. But what is this? We can't make sense of this. So he says, no, I regard this party to be on haq. I regard this party to be that they have understood the point correctly. The others have made a mistake. Not that they deliberately did something wrong, but they have erred. This party is right. But the food on the other side tastes better. Meaning, they got better food. So I go and join them. Now, neither did that party tell him that how can you come and join us to eat when you are now supporting the other side. And these people also then let it be. Well, okay, if he's enjoying the food that side, let him go. This is the clear evidence that the hearts didn't have any malice. The hearts were pure. Yes, whatever the issue was, that issue was in its place. But the hearts were pure. The hearts were clean. So therefore, issues, there are issues all the time. Some issue or the other. Sometimes one thing, sometimes another thing. Sometimes with one person, sometimes with somebody else. This, life, this is dunya. But we have been taught of how to conduct ourselves during those issues. And what's to be done, what's not to be done. How does a person go about claiming something that's his due? And at the same time, how does he maintain relationships? So the third category that is mentioned, that is deprived of the mercies of this night, is qati'u rahimin. The person who cuts off family relationships. Now, cutting off family relationships... It sounds like a, well, one of those things. But it becomes a very big barrier from the mercy of Allah Ta'ala. Like for example, this occasion. 15th of Shaban, the person who severs family ties is deprived of the mercy of this night. So what a terrible deprivation. Now, it doesn't occur to us at that time that anything serious has happened. But a lot of things have happened very serious. Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala an. On one occasion, he was seated with a gathering and he was a very great sahabi of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
So he was seated in the gathering, and then he addressed the gathering and said, look, now we are going to be making dua. We want to make dua to our Rabb. So anybody who is guilty of severing family ties, of cutting family relationships, please leave the gathering. Because we want to make dua now, and the doors of the doors of the heavens are closed to the person who has cut family ties. Meaning he is now, his presence among us is going to deprive our duas of acceptance also. So rather you go away, you don't be here. So when we make dua, we do not suffer the, the harm of our duas also being rejected because of somebody being among us who is guilty of cutting family ties. Now in these very auspicious occasions, we are going to be begging Allah Ta'ala and crying to Him and asking for ourselves and for our families and for the whole ummad. But if we have closed the doors of the heavens to ourselves, then now what are we going to receive? So this is a clean-up period. Allah Ta'ala has brought this 15 days before Ramadan because Allah Ta'ala wants to give us now also and give us in Ramadan as well. Allah Ta'ala is saying now clean up. Don't be among those who cut family ties. Yes, there's some issue that needs to be addressed. Address it. Go about it in the right way to address it. But at the same time, the family relationships have to continue. It doesn't mean that continuing family relationships, having a good relationship with somebody means that you have to now visit the person daily and be very, very close to the person. That is not what's required. It's not a necessity that it must be on that level. But the heart is clean. If we meet the person, we make salam. We occasionally inquire about the person's well-being. If there's something, whatever the situation might require, we are keeping up the ties to that extent. So that is the need that we don't become part of those who cut family ties. Then Nabi Islam says, Wala ila musbilin. The person who, this refers to men, who allows his garments to flow beneath his ankles. This is clearly wrong and forbidden in the Hadith Sharif and it becomes a barrier from receiving the forgiveness of Allah Ta'ala even on such a great occasion. Now this too is unfortunately a very common issue and people then sometimes just to find some excuses for themselves will make all kinds of comments. This is a very dangerous way. Again this is an attitude problem. The attitude problem that when something has been mentioned in the Hadith Sharif so we got a comment against it, Nauzubillah. That is the whole of deen only in the pants. No, the whole of deen is not in the pants. The length of the pants is not the whole of deen. Like some people say, then the whole of deen is in the beard. No, no, no. The whole of deen is not in the beard. But the beard is very much a part of deen. And likewise, the length of the pants, that it must not go beneath the ankles, that too is very much a part of deen. And a person who crosses this line, then these warnings have been sounded for him. So now such a simple thing, so such a simple thing, so why don't we just adopt what Allah's Nabi Islam is giving us, that direction and that guidance, and why should we put ourselves in line to get deprived from the mercies of such a great occasion? So this is also a very important thing, that a person, a ma- man, this refers to males, whether it's a long kurta, whether it's a pants, whether it's anything, any garment should not flow lower than the ankle. It should be above the ankle. This is not, no part of the ankle should be covered at all. This doesn't mean that socks cannot be worn. Any garment that is worn from the top, that flows from the top down, 
that should not cover the ankle. Then further Rasulullah says, after mentioning the person who Wala Musbilin, Wala Aqin Diwalidei, and neither the person who is disobedient to his parents, disobedient to his parents within permissible limits. If the parents are commanding something that is against deen, then that is not applicable. And to obey that command itself is impermissible. Somebody's parents are telling him not to perform salah and auzubillah. He can't obey that. Somebody's telling, parents are telling him to shave his beard off. He can't obey that. Somebody's mother is telling her that she must now not wear the niqab and she must just roam around freely and she must dress in western style clothing. It's not permissible to adopt that, to accept that. But yes, we will not compromise respect. Respectfully, we will decline. Respectfully, we will do what is right. But in permissible things, to be disobedient to one's parents is a very, very dangerous matter. And it deprives one of the mercy of such a great occasion. So this is also an extremely important thing that we do not allow this to be the case. And if Allah forbid, like all the other categories that we have mentioned, if we find we have shirked somewhere, we have fallen short somewhere, already from tonight, from now, we start making amends, make that call, mend up that relationship, send one message, say, Maaf, whatever happened, Maaf, inshallah, whatever the issue is, we'll sort it out, but let us, we'll sort it out, but let us just make Maaf and get our hearts clean. And that already opens, opens the doors of the heavens to us. So, already we start preparing ourselves that from that first moment we don't want to have any bit of dirt which is going to become a barrier from receiving that mercy of that night. So, those who are disobedient to the parents and then the category Nabi Islam mentions Wala mudmini khamrin The person who takes intoxicants. Allah forbid we all have some issue or the other we should not look down upon any person but the sin is a sin. And this is a very serious sin. So we should make dua for everybody. But Allah forbid if somebody has such a habit of taking some intoxicants, then he must make sincere tawbah. Turn to Allah Ta'ala. Ask the help of somebody that can assist him to overcome this. And make sincere tawbah. Get past this. With the help of Allah Ta'ala, inshallah, it will happen. But it requires a determination. And it requires a sincere effort. And it requires sincere tawbah. It requires shedding tears of remorse and regret and crying and begging Allah Ta'ala's help. When we want something of dunya, we make our utmost effort for it. Now we want akhirat, we want Allah Ta'ala, but we make a casual effort, a half-hearted effort. How are we going to get there? Therefore this is the thing to now be making sure that we have cleaned ourselves of all this. Then in terms of the other, other part of it, that what do we do now? How do we conduct ourselves on this night? Number one, just to very quickly wrap up, we've taken quite a bit of time, but to quickly wrap up on these things. Number one, switch off the phone. Now this might sound weird, does this come in? The phone didn't exist in all these centuries. So in the Ahadith, there can't be anything mentioned about switch off the phone. No, there's nothing mentioned in the Hadith Sharif about switching off the phone. But what has been mentioned in the Hadith Sharif is to take the benefit of these occasions. That is why it's been given to us. And one of the biggest barriers, unfortunately, are all these devices. So, whatever news we had to know about, we'll, we already know about it and we'll get to know about it one day later. 
but long before Maghrib, switch it off. Don't have it on. And if for some reason it has to be on, then leave it away from us. So if there's a call, we'll hear it ringing, and we'll answer the call. Apart from that, we don't touch it. Apart from that, we don't touch it and leave it aside. And often people want to make calls to others to ask for their du'as or whatever, do it beforehand. But before Maghrib, switch it off. And make sure we don't get involved in that any device for that matter for the whole night. That is the bare minimum. That from the beginning of the night till the end of the night, we don't touch any of these devices. In other words, in terms of getting engaged on any news or... Allah forbid people are still playing games and what not carries on. So nothing of the sort. Nothing. Now we dedicate this night to Allah Ta'ala. Number two, program ourselves. That for the cause of this night, we vary the ibadat. One is, shaitan comes and says, now you see, there's a long night. So you rather sleep away now and wake up later in the night. One o'clock in the morning you must wake up and you spend the rest of the night. So, shaitan puts a person to sleep, so first he wastes about 2-3 hours, and then he goes to sleep a little after the time that he had planned to sleep, and then he is planning to wake up at 1 o'clock, and then by the time he hears the alarm, and in his mistake he switched it off, then he barely made it for Fajr Salah. So, shaitan now is clapping hands, that I made this person lose the whole night. So, no, we start off from the moment that we can start off, from Maghrib Salah time. After Maghrib Salah, make at least six rakats awabin. The two rakats of Sunnat of Maghrib can be included in that, the four rakats becomes awabin. So, from there we commence already. Then at least make some tasbihat, some uh, istighfar, some drucharif. We still have ample time to eat before Isha. So, already from Maghrib, make some time for dua. Beg Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness. That dua might be short at that time, maybe three minutes, five minutes. But we spend some time making zikr, ta'awabin. And in that awabin we can read some lengthier surahs, all the better. And then at least hundred times istighfar, hundred times duru sharif. And especially the dua that Rasulullah Sallallahu himself repeatedly recited on this occasion. And this is the dua, this is the zikr, this is the tasbih, this is the istighfar that we must try and do the most on this occasion. Hazrat Aisha Siddiqa radiallahu ta'ala anha, she says that it was the 15th night of Shaban, and Nabi Sallallahu made, perform salah, and a very lengthy salah, lengthy sajdas, and she overheard him reciting this dua, or this istighfar in that sajda, a'udhu bi'afika min iqabik, Allah ta'ala, Nabi Sallallahu alayhi making dua to Allah ta'ala, a'udhu bi'afika min iqabik, oh Allah, I seek your protection in your forgiveness from your punishment. Allah, I seek your protection in your forgiveness from your punishment. Because, ya Allah, you protect me and save me from your punishment. A'udhu bi afrika min iqabik. A'udhu bi ridaka min sakhatik. And, ya Allah, I seek protection in your pleasure from your displeasure. A'udhu bika minka jalla wajhuk. Ya Allah, I seek protection in you from you. In other words, I seek safety, safety in your help. From your chastisement, chastisement, Jalla wajhuk, glory be to you. La uqsi thana'an alayk. Allah, I cannot fully praise you. Anta kama asnayta ala nafsik. You are as you have praised yourself. This was the dua Rasulullah Sallallahu made. And when Aisha, radiallahu anha, mentioned it to him later, that I heard you making this dua, he said, learn it. And convey it to others also. So we should repeatedly make this dua. 
So after Maghrib, we spend some time in some ibadat. Then after Isha, we get involved, we program ourselves. At least in this night, I'm going to make, in this night, I'm going to make so much of tilawat. Minimum two, two paras, for example. Somebody can manage five paras, somebody ten paras. But some minimum we should place. And then I'm going to make istighfar maybe thousand times. I'm going to read Duru Sharif thousand times. So it can be all spread apart. And so much of nawafil I'm going to make. I'm going to wake up for tahajjud as well. First I'll make ibadat after Isha for some time. Then I'll wake up for tahajjud. I'll make some nawafil at that time. One of the very great ibadats that can be made is Salatul Tasbih. And we should make this effort to make Salatul Tasbih. Which is a very great ibadat. Abbas Nabi addressed him that, oh my uncle, should I not give you something? Should I not bestow you something? Should I not favor you with something? And repeatedly in this, this kind of uh, tone with these words, Nabi Salaam is saying something to him. In other words, what a great gift I'm going to give you. And then he taught him Salatul Tasbih. He says, this will become a forgiveness of your sins. The old and the new and the major and the minor and all the various levels Nabi Islam mentioned. So obviously major sins we must make Toba as well, but this too will become Toba itself. A person does it with remorse, regret and Hukukul Ibad we have to fulfill. But in any case, Salah is Mustaw, we have to make Qaza. Then Nabi Islam taught him Salatul Tasbih. The detail of it is in Fazail Amal in Salah virtues of Zikr and various other places, we'll find it in some literature that has been circulated from the various organizations. So we try to make a point of making Salatul Tasbih on this night. And then dedicate time for dua. Make a lot of dua. Beg Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness. Beg for ourselves. So we vary it, we make some ibadat in nawafil, then make some dua, then read some talawat of the Qur'an Sharif, then make dua, then make some tasbihat, and make dua, then read some nafil again, make dua. Then we tie it, we sleep, but we try to wake up again in time for tahajjud, and then especially at that time make a lot of dua, and beg Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness, beg for ourselves, beg for the entire ummah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, in this way, inshallah, we too will receive the great blessings of this Mubarak occasion, and we will become a means of contributing towards the good of the ummah as well. And how much do we not need this good, and the whole ummah also needs it, so let us therefore plan ourselves, some now start making the stoba, istighfar, don't even wait for that time. From now we start off and inshallah we will see the great blessings. This is a very crucial time that we find ourselves in. What a, what a time we have found ourselves in. Unimaginable. We could never have dreamt it. The masajid are close to us. The Harameen Sharifain are deserted. The works of deen, the madaris had to close. The makatib are closed. The efforts of Dawat and Tabligh have come to a screeching halt almost we can say. And so many things have come to a standstill in terms of dini efforts. We could never have imagined the situation. This is a greater calamity than whatever financial difficulties and other issues that might have come up. Now, we want to turn this around. We want to get the mercy of Allah Ta'ala. That the doors of the houses of Allah Ta'ala open out to us again. That the efforts of deen commence again. That the teaching and learning of deen starts off again. So, this is an occasion to turn to Allah Ta'ala in all earnestness. And to beg his forgiveness for the whole ummah to do this. And if we all do this in the numbers, let us encourage one another, encourage everybody in our families, encourage to number one, shut off that phone completely for this night. And to dedicate ourselves to the ibadat of Allah Ta'ala. And inshallah we will then become the recipients of this forgiveness, of this mercy, 
we ourselves will inshallah receive it. Our homes will become the places of this barakat and our communities and the entire ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. May Allah tabarak wa taala grant us a tawfiq wa akhiru da'wana and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا غلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين لا إله إلا الله الحليم الكريم سبحان الله رب العرش العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين نسألك موجبات رحمتك وعزائم مغفرتك والغنيمة من كل بر والسلامة من كل إثم اللهم لا تدع لنا ذنبا إلا غفرته ولا هما إلا فرجته ولا حاجة هي لك رضا إلا قضيتها ويسرتها يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر مستعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم اللهم اغفر لأمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم ارحم أمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم اهدي أمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم فرج الكرب عن أمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم تجاوز عن أمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحابه المعين الحمد لله رب العالمين إن شاء الله tomorrow we will have a short program with some short nasihat some zikr and dua إن شاء الله الله تعالى give us a tawfiq one of the things that was most out in mentioning in terms of the preparation for the night before the night tomorrow afternoon we have all the opportunity to do it have a good rest in the afternoon, take a nap so that we are fresh for the night and we can dedicate more time before even we take a rest at night. Allah Ta'ala give us a tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin.